Rebag is a luxury resale marketplace. They have a curated collection of investment-worthy bags, watches, and fine jewelry. Each piece is carefully vetted and verified by experts. You can buy and sell finds from the world's top brands, including Hermes, Chanel, and Cartier. Head to Rebag.com to get 10% off your first purchase with code REBAG10. That's Rebag.com to get 10% off your first purchase with code REBAG10. No other ethnic group has been a slave on American soil. Uh, That is one thing that other immigrant groups haven't had to face. The other thing is that the color became a stigma. American society made the Negroes color a stigma. America freed the slaves in 19, I mean 1863 through the Emancipation Proclamation of Abraham Lincoln, but gave the slaves no land or nothing in reality, and as a matter of fact, to, to get started on. At the same time, America was giving away millions of acres of land in the West and the Midwest, which meant that there was a willingness to give the white peasants from Europe an economic base. And yet it refused to give its black peasants from Africa who came here involuntarily in chains and had worked free for 244 years any kind of economic base. And so emancipation for the Negro was really freedom to hunger. It was freedom uh, to the winds and rains of heaven. It was freedom without food to eat or land to cultivate. And therefore it was freedom and famine at the same time. And when white Americans tell the Negro to lift himself by his own bootstraps, they don't, they don't look over the legacy of slavery and segregation. I believe we ought to do all we can and seek to lift ourselves by our own bootstraps. But uh, it's a cruel jest to say to a bootless man that he ought to lift himself by his own bootstraps. And many Negroes, by the thousands and millions, have been left bootless as a result of all of these years of oppression and as a result of a society that deliberately made his color a stigma and something worthless. Betches Media presents Donald Trump was a, a stain on our country. I'm someone's daughter, too. That's what I'm Help me, God. Congratulations, Mr. President. The Betches Suck Podcast. Mr. Vice President, I'm speaking. Hello, I'm Amanda Duberman. I'm Elise Morales. I'm Caitlin Bird. And this is the Betches Up Podcast, where Twitter meets the group chat to help you process and laugh at the biggest topics in U.S. news and politics. You just heard Dr. Martin Luther King answer a reporter who asked at the time why Black Americans continued to face obstacles when other white immigrant groups had not. I mean, hard to add anything. <laughs> no notes. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think he, I think he got it. <laughs> that guy's going places. <laughs> Uh, Lots of people are talking about him. Lots of people. (laughs) Many people these days. (laughs) He's getting more and more recognition. (laughs) Uh, I will say that the the pull yourself up by your bootstraps quote is one of my like it's it's a quote of Martin Luther King's that's always really, really resonated with me. The like it's it's hard to say to a bootless man, pull yourself up by your bootstraps like that. There's that is just a quote from him that's always really resonated with me. Yeah, I feel like if you, obviously a lot of people aren't going to read like Ta-Nehisi Coates' 10,000 word essay on reparations, but I feel like if more people watched this minute and a half and specifically that line, I just think you capture so much in it. Yeah. Yeah, I also think there's a fundamental 
disconnect in the premise, you know, which he kind of addresses, which is like people who immigrate here did so voluntarily. Like they made a choice and maybe, you know, like circumstances were so bad where they were, they were like, nah, there's not really a choice. They kind of fundamentally felt like they had to come here with, but it's still ultimately not the same as being kidnapped, transported in chains, and then forced to labor without your language, your culture, your history, your name. It's just like a totally different fundamental premise. So when you, you, you're talking about Black Americans as a cultural group, you know, we're not actually all from the, obviously, I, I know that I hate to say this, but like, we're obviously not all from the same place, like broadly speaking, mm-hmm. it's like West Africa to like, let's like literally hundreds of miles, like thousands of miles and different people and cultures and languages. And like that all got stripped away. So what black Americans culture fundamentally is a solidarity. And so that's a completely different base to build from because the only thing that we that we had was the ability to survive with each other so it just it just fundamentally shifts the entire space of like coming the the nature of like freedom in america and like we're gonna build a future here like black people didn't ask for any of this so Mm -hmm. you want to move out west and we'll give you a lot all the help you need (laughs) context yeah exactly and he points out like if you if you enslave people and then you're like okay well now you don't have chains yeah that's the, just really the only thing yet <laughs> okay go bye <laughs> why aren't you prospering yeah exactly like <laughs> see you later it just doesn't I do think I remember like Growing up, I only heard the word reparations in the context of like this crazy radical thing that some people talk about, but that's so crazy. And now I feel like we are coming not like we are coming to a place where like the conversation is getting more nuanced, but it's just interesting to hear a quote from Martin Luther King and be like, well, the reasons were there the whole time, just no one was ready to even like begin to listen to that. Yeah, I mean, we had this conversation in the immediate aftermath of the Civil War, and then, like, white people were then, like, too soon. And then, like, you know, you try to have it turn the century, and they're, like, too late. Yeah, (laughs) that's the thing. Missed your window, sorry. Your your window was, like, only when, like, Saturn was in the seventh house. It's only going to happen once every 3,000 years. We're sorry, our bad. Yeah. <laughs> the astrological calendar just didn't line up, but uh, we'll talk about... Elise, you're the astrology expert. Any of the stars showing when we might have equality? Uh, you know what? I will have to... Uh, I'll have to consult the chart. <laughs> <laughs> Let us know. Let us know. So before we talk about impeachment today, because today we're going to talk about some of the next steps in holding our most recent white supremacist president accountable, some (laughs) real next steps. I wrote our former white supremacist president and realized that could, that was vague. So our most recent, recent. Yes. So the paths to next week trial are becoming clearer and there are some interesting details. But before we talk about impeachment, sometimes I like to bring entertainment and pop culture stories into the sub podcast when we have to. This is out of control. This morning, Emily in Paris, the famously bad TV show that appeared mid-quarantine, was nominated for two Golden Globes. I am not saying don't watch Emily. I watched all of Emily in Paris. 
it's fine if you like it. Don't don't come for me. It was nominated for best comedy TV series, the best comedy TV series, along with like Schitt's Creek, Ted Lasso, all shows people enjoy watching, but they had similar things in common. And Lily Collins was nominated in the best actress category. Fine. Neither Michaela Cole's I May Destroy You or Issa Rae's Insecure were nominated for their performances, for the shows. I have no words other than. And here, okay, here's another thing. Well, first of all, the glow didn't, I will say this, not that I'm like the <laughs> reference. I wanted to do this with you, Elise. Here, but the Golden Globes are the award show that is drunk and they, they're decided by like five weird men. So That's like, true. The, the Golden Globes are the joke of all of the award shows anyway. Clearly. Um, this happens with them often because like, it really truly is like five weird guys who decide like what remember when get out was put in the comedy category and everyone was like well but they they don't know what the they put the martian in the comedy category they don't know what is going but if we are going by this standard that emily in paris is uh golden globe worthy and i may destroy you is not to ignore bridgerton too (laughs) Did Bridgerton qualify? Yeah, because I mean, they oh. have a bunch of. Uh, the, I I read that Bridgerton was one of the things that was snubbed, and they've got some really recent stuff on there. So they do. My thing is, if we're gonna uh, reward Emily in Paris, we must reward Bridgerton. I mean, I don't think these two concepts live in opposition to each other in any way. I think that like. You could have uh, given Bridgerton some more of a shout out, uh, and that could have been the thing that everyone was upset about instead of Emily in Paris. That's true, but I w- <laughs> but Bridgerton at least we are getting a more diverse cast. It's Shonda, so it's interesting to me that Bridgerton, going back to what we've been talking about about the various things that were snubbed, interesting to me that Bridgerton. I feel like is a very Emily and Parisy show, and yet it was also snubbed. Right, good point. Like, there's just no, I think that's the thing with the Golden Globes is that the, the Academy Awards like has a pattern in the things that it misses, but the Golden Globes, like, they just don't, it's like they're trying to upset people and trying to nominate like the most, co- give out the most controversial slate of nominees. To be fair, they keep hiring Ricky Gervais to to you can kind of take their whole energy right from there like the Hollywood foreign press is like just a giant f u to everybody's expectations but apparently really brown people they really ironically for the Hollywood foreign press they very really strange seem to not like people who are like tan yeah. so I don't know a darker I don't know I kind of have, a, at this point, I feel like the Golden Globes does this so often that I'm kind of like, I wonder if they do this just to they're, stay relevant. Yeah, trolling. Because what is the point of the Golden Globes when we have the <sighs> Emmys? Like, I just don't understand what the point of them is. It's they're just a to mixture. watch them be drunk at a table, I think. It's so that way that line resonates in First Wives Club when she throws <laughs> a Golden Globe. Yeah. That okay. is the entire purpose behind the Golden Globes. <laughs> you can still watch a scene and you this was a Golden Globe. And you say like, wow, 
Let's seriously. You can't just that is. Otherwise, that part of the movie would be irrelevant, and that alone is worth keeping them around for. It yeah. gives people yeah. content. But I just justice for Michaela Cole. I yeah. I mean, it's crazy when she had one of the most critically acclaimed shows of the year to for for it to be nothing. I mean, that's crazy. It's and just... insecure getting snubbed as well is. Yeah. yeah, both of them. There's. Do the... we have they nominated Insecure in the past? At I least. Think so. It's been nominated for Emmys. I mean, they I'm nominate sure. the same people oh, all the time. So, like, sh- she should have been nominated again. But, like, I yeah. hopefully they've gotten they've nominated it in the past. It's also at just least. so wild that they did that, like, literally not even a year after um, Issa Rae announced. I think she announced the were the Academy Awards or Golden Globes. I think it was Academy Awards where she listed the directors and she was like, congratulations to those men. It's like. <laughs> they didn't even, nobody was like, let's make sure we're not snubbing anybody huge who could be mad about it. Oh, shit. I, I don't know. It's just like it never even, it seems like an oversight. Year after Parasite, you guys. Yeah. Was this like Parasite last year? That's Yeah. <laughs> is, that, is that a real thing? That's unbelievable. Did we live through, I don't, time is a construct, you guys. I don't believe in months or days anymore, hours. Still, no. Uh... <laughs> yeah. We were talking about today planning our second Zoom Seder. Which and you're nuts. like, right? No thanks. I couldn't stop thinking about that, so we had to talk about yeah, it. Yeah, we had. It, well, it just came out also like moments before this, and I was really laughing about Emily in Paris. It's very funny to me yeah. that these dudes at the Hollywood Foreign Press loved Emily in Paris. Yeah. <laughs> they loved it. They loved it. They, they loved, loved it. it. And it makes. I mean, listen. Not that it's right, but it makes sense to me that they didn't understand uh, what was going on. And I may destroy you, but they're like, "Look at this pretty woman eating a croissant." I love yeah. this. Emily in Paris is the Tommy Tuberville of Golden Globe nominees. Yeah, zero effort. Lily White, come on into the, the sacred club. You're welcome. <laughs> you belong here. Yes, it's gross. Hey, American Fever Dream listeners, I'm here to tell you that there is no reason to panic the next time you are searching for the perfect gift. Now you can use Gift Mode on Etsy. Gift Mode on Etsy is here to take the stress out of gifting so you can find the perfect item for anyone on any occasion. Now it's easier to find gifts made by independent sellers for all of the people in your life, like the pickleballers, I know plenty of those, the jazz fan, the artist, the pasta lover, whatever niche interest they have, you can find an incredible gift on Etsy. From 90s nostalgia and mixology to reality TV and gaming, there is something for everyone. There is so much pressure around gifting. I usually have a hard time thinking of gift ideas specifically for my dad, but my dad loves flying. He loves airplanes. He loves aviation, and he never gets sick of a cute little gift that has a reference to that. And the inventory for that on Etsy is incredible. I hope my dad lives for 200 years because I can get him a birthday present related to aviation or planes from Etsy for every single one of them, if not hundreds and hundreds of years more. There really is that much. A gifting moment is always around the corner, but whether it's a birthday, an anniversary, a holiday, or even just a day to say thank you, Gift Mode on Etsy has you covered. Need to find the perfect gift? Don't panic. Try Gift Mode on Etsy now. Yesterday, House impeachment managers filed a brief charging former President Trump with being singularly responsible for inciting the insurrection on January 6th that resulted in the deaths of at least five people. Their filing also noted that rioters specifically cited Trump's direction as their motivation for attacking the Capitol, and it connected the day's events to Trump's two-month effort to overturn the election, riling up his angry, violent base with claims he knew were false. I believe it also invokes uh, the 14th Amendment and some violations there, as well as tying it into the call with Georgia Secretary of State Brad Raffensperger. It comes in at around 80 pages. 
and they're yeah. just 80 pages of shit you've done wrong. Like, <laughs> imagine. I know he didn't. There's no way Trump is reading that. Trump hasn't read more than 500 words since he left office. True. He, was he reading 500 words in office? No, that's a good point. <laughs> I think that might be he like his daily like max right there. Yeah. Like, oh man, I've, uh, I read right. like 70 tweets. Like, that's it, you guys. <laughs> what, yeah, I mean, what if Trump's screen time was like really healthy? <laughs> Oh, man. He just spends, like, I think he does use the Twitter. Well, he did use, now it probably is, he did use the Twitter app through his phone, I believe, not desktop, even though that seems off-brand. But I wouldn't be surprised if Trump's screen time is, like, two hours a day and then he's just looking at Fox. What if Trump starts becoming one of those, like, you got to disconnect? Like, ever since I disconnected, my <laughs> life has been so, so much better since I've been off social. Like <laughs> he starts reading calm nighttime co- nighttime stories for the comic. Yeah. <laughs> so in their competing 14-page brief, they only needed 14 pages. Trump's lawyer argues that his words did not incite the riot, that even if they did, they were protected by the First Amendment. And you guys can't even put him on trial anyway. They said telling angry supporters with weapons, if you don't fight like hell, you're not going to have a country anymore and urging them towards the Capitol was protected speech. That's fine. And that the direction they claim was just about the need to fight for election security in general. They even deny that Trump tried to interfere with the vote counting process that day in any way at all. His lawyers go on to write that this one's 14 pages. So I would really encourage you to read it. It's like Mm -hmm. such a trip. It's there's typos in it. There's typos in it. <laughs> they, they, they realized this was due this morning and they were like, oh shit. And like woke. <laughs> His lawyer went to bed last night being like, no, I'm going to wake up early and do it tomorrow. Totally. Like, <laughs> totally. It's funny because the whole thing is sort of like bit by bit, they're trying to respond to the allegations. And in like millennial parlance, it sort of goes, no, yeah. Yeah, no. Yeah, no. No, yeah. No. Yeah, no, like they're like, oh, okay, we admit that they're like, we admit that they gathered there that day. We don't admit we had anything to do it. They're acknowledging like very basic facts as if they're like conceding. It's like, yes, Wednesday, January 6th did did happen. That was a day in history. We didn't sleep through it. Yeah. And the <sighs> only reason they're saying that is because we saw it on television. If not, they'd true. <laughs> yeah, this, this is just straight up like Darvo tactics in, in a legal brief. And just to, to make the acronym real, that is deny, attack, reverse, uh, victim, and offender. And it is, we've all gotten so used to unpacking psychological abuse these last five years or so. Sorry, everybody. But uh, yeah, no, that's what they're doing. They're basically like assaulting our understanding of like this horrible thing that has happened. And that is, is in fact ongoing. Because mm-hmm. his allies in the legislature, the federal legislature of the United States, have decided to shield him from any kind of responsibility and, and are going to treat this. The, the problem is not just like his lawyers wrote this this morning, which like if I were his lawyer, that is exactly the energy I would bring to every law thing I do for him. Which well, these be like, lawyers were like just hired, so they yeah, have a lot of time. also be like, I'm putting in as much effort as I'm getting paid for, which is from this guy, probably zero. So right. you know what? I'm going to wake up in the morning, you know, grab my fifth of Jack and then start working on this brief. Take an edible. Okay. Let's go. United States. 
But like the problem is that Republicans are going to use this as a way of being like, oh, well, you know, they filed a legal document that's a legal document from lawyers. So that's a good enough explanation, you guys. Uh, I guess we'll just have to take that argument. Right. You know, exactly. You're just like, what? Yeah. It's not an argument. Yeah. They're really going for this First Amendment argument and trying to make Trump seem like a martyr for the First Amendment. They write that if the First Amendment only protected speech that the government deemed popular in current culture, it would be no protection at all, which is like totally, I think, true, but that's not what's happening here. Uh, (laughs) It's not, I don't think violently inciting an insurrection is protected speech. Uh, My favorite part of this, there's a part where they suggest that subjecting the president to scrutiny for his behavior as president makes him a second class citizen. They suggest that by putting the 45th president alone in a separate category of people who are subjected to these rules under the constitution, even though he's not president anymore, it makes him in a separate class of citizens. That's on the last page. It's really rich. And for all of these reasons, Trump lawyers conclude by asking senators to dismiss the case. I mean, nah. They don't have the thing that sucks is like the Trump lawyers don't even they can turn in a piece of shit 14 page document with typos all over it because they don't really have to make a real case. They just have to give Republicans in the Senate enough cover to not vote to convict. And they already did it by just saying, oh, it's not constitutional, even though they don't even prove that case. And there's actually precedent that it is constitutional. <laughs> um, it's like, it doesn't matter. Their only job is to provide cover mm-hmm. for the senators who are obviously not going to vote to convict him. So, um, yeah, they just turned in like a piece of shit haphazard document, whereas like the House impeachment managers have 80 pages of like full legal briefs. <laughs> yeah, and I mean, it continues to show like, I think the fundamental problem with like our entire politics, right? Like Republicans can just like half-ass everything. They've been half-assing everything. You can't ask them for solutions to anything. Their job is not to have them. I mean, that's like they're hired to dismantle government, which is kind of insane. Be like, oh, we're going to create a government to undo government. Well, meanwhile, like Democrats have to be like, okay, so we need all of the facts. We need to like assemble reality. We need to like reinforce like existence. It's like, well, you can't do that by yourself if the other side is like, well, I mean, is it real? Like (laughs) I have a knife in my chest. They're like, I mean, you could or you couldn't. I mean, what's pain anyway? Psychological construct, right? And you're like, (laughs) <laughs> Meanwhile, you're like, please get me a tourniquet. Like, right. yeah. <laughs> like, that's their entire job now. It's it's absurd. Yeah, it's always so crazy that it's like we have to call a section of the party progressive because it's not implied for normal old politicians. I mean, yeah. I've said it a lot of times, but the Democrats represent the entire spectrum of sane politics in this country. And that's a problem. I do not want. <laughs> And in top, my, my political party, which should be about me and, and the people that I like, which is part of the reason <laughs> I'm not for open primaries, but like, it wouldn't be a problem if we didn't have to appeal to like everybody who's sane in politics. Like, I don't want you having an opinion on who should be representing me and my party. It's my party. And I think that you should join if you want to have a say in it. 
But no, because there's no sane alternative, we have to do everything for everybody. And now we're all at each other's throats because of course we're at cross purposes. We all just want a functional government, but we don't agree on what that looks like. Mm-hmm. And and that is insane. And the, the Democrats have to do the entire job of that, both arguing both sides of every argument and thinking about what their opponents are going to say when their opponents are literally like, I'm going to fart on you. This this brief is. It's yeah. just a 14 page white supremacist fart, fart mm-hmm. all over everything. It's just a fart. Just, yeah, it just had to be as good as like the worst Emily and Paris script. And yeah. it was actually funnier. Yeah. True. Uh, I hope nobody that writes for that show listens to the podcast. I did enjoy watching it. I <laughs> you just did, like listen. If, if you write for that show, you did a, exactly what you were supposed to do. That's true. That's true. <laughs> I just I may destroy you. Made me cry for days. But yeah, I guess just, that's hey. Not, yeah. There's hey. all different types art of is shows. Art. Yeah. All different types of shows. There's all different types of shows. Ugh. Hey there, overwhelmed foodies. Are you drowning in a sea of meal kit options, feeling like you're in a bad dating game where every contestant looks the same, with the same fish picture? Fear not, because amidst the chaos, there's one shining star worth your culinary affection. Home Chef is not just another fish in the meal kit sea. They're the gourmet catch that you've been dreaming of. Home Chef provides fresh ingredients and chef-designed recipes, conveniently delivered to your doorstep to simplify your cooking experience. Whether you prefer classic meal kits with pre-portioned ingredients and easy instructions, speedy recipes ready in less than 30 minutes, oven-ready kits with pre-chopped ingredients, or quick microwave meals that assemble in minutes, Home Chef has you and the entire family covered for delicious meals without the hassle. Home Chef has over 30 options a week, and they serve a variety of dietary needs, so you don't have to worry about what to make ahead of time. Not only is it convenient, but it is economical too. Home Chef customers save an average of $86 per month on groceries. So for a limited time, Home Chef is offering our listeners 18 free meals plus free shipping on your first box and free dessert for life at homechef.com slash feverdream. That's homechef.com slash feverdream for 18 free meals and free dessert for life. Homechef.com slash feverdream. You must be an active subscriber to receive free dessert. Okay, so the likelihood of a conviction is low. Do we all agree? Or is anyone holding out hope that we think that, yeah, okay, we're getting nods, listeners. We're getting, we're getting some, some discernible no nods. So what steps do we have left for holding the people responsible for the insurrection accountable? Because, you know, since AOC's live, since everything really, just been thinking a lot about, we talked about this on the podcast uh, on Tuesday, like fascism comes back and authoritarianism comes back if you don't deal with it properly. And it's looking like some of the steps we have in our constitution to deal with this might fail. So what do we do? Like, are there any lessons from history, maybe reconstruction specifically lessons we can apply here? How do we create enough scaffolding to protect our democracy if we can't hold these insurrectionists and the, well, we're holding the insurrectionists accountable, hopefully, but the lawmakers who incited the insurrection, what can we do to protect ourselves if we can't use the most the highest, the biggest punishments at our disposable? Um, My first instinct is to say section three of the 14th Amendment, air horn noises. Mm -hmm. Like, it's there for a reason. Civil War amendments are like a gift that keeps on giving. 
should always <laughs> hold them close in your heart mm -hmm. and think about how they do things. 14th Amendment coming in strong, that equal protection clause, that seditionists can't serve in government clause. You know, it's coming out as the most solid amendment right behind like the first mm -hmm. itself real well. I think Democrats should just be like, look, here's the choice, right? We're going to go through this process. We're going to treat it all very seriously. But there are two votes that if you've cast, we are going to categorize it as soon as the first person gets convicted of insurrection in a court. All of y'all who voted right after the insurrection to deny certification and everybody who voted against impeachment or removal, depending on where you are, House or Senate, those two votes are aid and comfort to the enemy. You are saying this is not a crime, which it is, and we all know, and the moment someone gets convicted for this, you guys are going to be held to your oath to defend the Constitution against enemies foreign and domestic, and turns out you failed. So having taken an oath at any level of government, purge every single person. I mean, purge is a very strong word. You can't hold elected office anymore. You can't sit in office anymore. You can't take votes. Your votes count. You can have any other job. You just don't get to have this one anymore. Exactly. They're going to be like, um, they can't deplatform us from Congress. So, okay, I have a question about 14th Amendment. Maybe you guys know the answer. But what, like, what does a trial under the 14th Amendment look like? Do they have to get 60 senators again? Like, where does that actually get tried? And where does that get decided? So that's the lesson from Reconstruction. And the answer is there is no formal structure. Amazing. The last clause in the 14th <laughs> Amendment says... Congress may enforce this by any legislation necessary. Congress. Now, who runs Congress right now? It's kind of cool. Democrat. <laughs> oh, oh, then Caitlin, I think we should do that. <laughs> yeah, Guys, and then anybody. Uh, <laughs> and then what? we just tell people who, who would be affected by the legislation that they like. I mean, like you could you could argue that the, the Senate Republicans are going to fight tooth and nail on that legislation, but then you just word it in a way and then just be like, so they want okay. you to die. Like, they, <laughs> then it's just like it becomes more explicit each time they try to fight it. You just be like, so these are doing more aid and comfort to the enemy. These people want to destroy the government. They want to see their colleagues hung and quartered. They want to see like we can go further and further, but like everyone knows that that's what would have happened. They'd run into a lawmaker or a staffer who was a Democrat. We know that th there would have been more dead people mm -hmm. if they'd been able to find them. And this is not a question. This is just a fact. And we, all, we know because there are dead police <laughs> and yep. that wouldn't have happened <laughs> if they weren't willing to use lethal force. So we yeah. already know where we're at. And if you, if there is honestly anyone who watched what happened on the 6th and can imagine that, like, if they had come upon a single, like, if they had come upon Nancy Pelosi, we know what that mob would have done to her. AOC, we already talked about this on the live stream, but, like, there's no rational way to try to say, like, no, the mob would have just yelled at her. They would have right. just expressed themselves. They would have just used the First Amendment to say they were mad. Why would they beat a cop to death who they are on the internet saying whose lives matter, but spare members of Congress who they, they say, on the, say they, they, they openly kill. hate? <laughs> <laughs> like, 
what? Taylor Green said, like, she liked a comment saying that they should put a bullet in Nancy Pelosi's head. Yeah, not that, not that consequences, clearly consequences didn't deter these people, but police are also, you're also held to a higher standard if you kill police officers than if you kill civilians. Like, supposedly, 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 we'll see. I was led to believe it's a huge deal to beat a police <laughs> officer to death, but I don't know. I mean, and and that's not even counting who was injured. You know, there are a lot of people who were injured and we don't know what that final, the final tally looks like, like yet because things haven't been released because we, we haven't really known because, you know, we've got the National Guard posted everywhere in D.C. That's the other things like the moment that we cease vigilance, those people will be back. We know that they are talking about it. They're mad that they can no longer organize on these social media platforms that are explicitly hosting white supremacists. It's kind of wild to me that we're even still here. I mean, come on. It's back in 2016 when he was campaigning, this guy was like, oh, Second Amendment remedies. We're, we're talking, we're, we're acting like there's some level of confusion about Donald Trump's willingness to instigate violence to protect his power. I, I'm, I'm, you know, like the entire premise. The, the <laughs> fact that loves, we're arguing about this. He loves the idea of violence on his behalf. He loves it. He's talked about it many times at his rallies. He's like, beat the hell out of him. I'll pay your legal fees. He loves that shit. Loves it. He loves it. And it makes there him are multiple so reports that as this was going down, he like didn't understand why everybody else wasn't super jazzed about it. And it's really only afterwards when everyone was mad and like he was in trouble that he thought it was, I mean, he doesn't think it's bad, but he was actively joyful as this was taking place. Yeah, he said, I love you. (laughs) I love you. You're very special. Yeah, he hasn't said that to his sons. We still don't know who authorized the National Guard. Like we still don't have a clean chain of command because technically the only person who can mobilize the DC National Guard is the executive branch. But the executive branch was withholding the authorization. So we don't know. There are rumors that Pence did it, but Pence doesn't have the authority to do it. I know that he was in the, at that moment being unthreatened by yeah. like life and limb by the same crowd that his boss had incited. I'm not going to act like we got a legal standard on this podcast. Yeah. Sorry. Um, <laughs> they made up, though. They made up, actually, Caitlin. They made up, they made up after that and they're friends again. So, <laughs> I mean, it's true. But like in the moment, if Pence is making that arg- that authorization over Trump, we got a That's massive really problem up. with the chain of command. And even more problematic, the president didn't authorize the National Guard, which is a very clear and present understanding of exactly what was wrong. If he didn't think there was a problem, that was in of itself an indictment of yes. the, his, his role in the whole thing. You, you know? know, my but- hope is that at least maybe through this impeachment trial, even though it does feel like a foregone conclusion that maybe Democrats are able to use the trial as a way to get us some more of this information. And Mm -hmm. to find out more about exactly like what was going on behind closed doors, who authorized the National Guard? Because like you just said, if Donald Trump didn't authorize the National Guard, that strengthens their case because he literally allowed an attack on the Capitol to take place and abdicated his duties as commander in chief. So hopefully at the very least, maybe through this trial, we can get more information about what exactly happened. 
And though I don't think that there's really anything that could come out that would make 17 Republicans vote to convict, it could increase public pressure if we find out some more like really damning stuff about that day. Yeah. yeah. And I, fundamentally, it really comes down to the more damning stuff comes out, the more Democrats should just hold that giant 14th Amendment. You can't serve if you give an aid or comfort. That's specifically in there. Aid or comfort. I just think we should just define all of this stuff, all of the after effects, all the effort to let them know that they're still believed and that they're special. Yeah. All of that is aid and comfort. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We got to put that on a t-shirt. <laughs> aid and comfort <laughs> on like each boob like one of those <laughs> yeah <laughs> have you met my girls <laughs> the aid and comfort coming out to play uh, so uh-huh. we are speaking uh soon with somebody who knows everything about the first amendment and dc statehood and we'll be releasing that episode next week so watch this space for that until the end of democracy i'm amanda duberman i'm elise morales and i'm caitlin bird and this is the betches up podcast the Betches Up podcast is produced by Amanda Duberman, Jorge Morales-Pico, and Sean Kilby. Social media by Amanda Duberman. Artwork by Brittany Levine. Our podcast director is Sean Kilby. Be sure to follow us at Betches underscore Sup on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok. And send your emails to suppod at Betches.com. Betches.